Morning, as it so often does, comes after the night before. The sun, rising from the east, is light, scattered by the fog that fills the harbour in Borders Gate as it tacks onto the Chanthar River. As the sun warms the walls of the sea tower of the Baldron, we focus in on Bronn, who is laid in a hospital bed, barely breathing. He is not alone. He is accompanied by his long-standing friend, Officer Brown. Brown looks to comfort Bronn in any way possible, but unfortunately, all he can do is offer prayers and reminisce about better times. And Brown's family, wife and children, trying to rouse Bronn into some sort of health. Bronn must be sensing this subconsciously, stirs and begins to awaken. Outside of the Sea Tower of the Baldron, the Flaming Fist headquarters here in the harbour, our group approach the doors and with pleas and requests are allowed entry in into the headquarters of the Flaming Fist. And it is here that they are asked their business and when challenged they are say that they are here to see Bron Brickborn who had been stabbed the night before and they had brought him to the, the sea tower. They are able to gain entry into the fortress. Once they have gained access into the main courtyard, a young probationary member of the Flaming Fist uh, is questioned about the whereabouts of the infirmary, where Bron must have been taken the night before. He says he will lead them to it, and that is in uh, the main structure just over to one side. As he guides them in, they go up several flights, winding corridors, they enter what seems to be a more cleaner and, and sterile area. Uh, stabled horses and things are down in the courtyard. Arms, munitions and, and other supplies seem to be kept well away from this area. And they approach a desk, uh, behind which is an elder-looking gnomish lady in white attire. Uh, well turned out, well pressed. She seems to be dealing with paperwork. Uh, and their questions as to bronze location draw some intrigue from this elder lady's face uh, she identifies herself as the matron of the ward and calls across one of her nurses who then quietly and respectfully lead uh, the party through to where Bron is staying and recuperating as the party gain to the door Brown stands up and wipes a tear from his eye as Bron seems to be stirring from his his slumber Sore, uncomfortable, but alive, barely. After a brief exchange of words and pleasantries, Brown informs Bron that uh, if he was to need any further help, then he should find him at uh, the headquarters or the, the three old kegs, and that he should really make sure that he files a report within the ten day. The group move into the, uh, the ward and begin discussing the events of the night before with rather large overdramatic expressions from the group and a nurse appears at the door to, to quiet them down. Bron, feeling well enough after this exchange to sort of get up and move, is told that he will be discharged at short notice. He's able to gather his things, they tool up and they come up with a plan. Their intention is to go and see uh, Captain Zodge in his office here in the the Sea Tower of the Border and the, the Flaming Fist headquarters, uh, which is a relatively easy task if only 
more than one of them knew where they were going. Bron, unfortunately struggling with a small amount of fatigue plan, uh, they decided to go and find Captain Zodge, who should be in his office here in the, the Sea Tower, the Flaming Fists uh, headquarters here in Baldur's Gate. And as they make their way through the building, having geared up and uh, ensured everybody was ready to move, uh, they approach Captain Zodge's office, and outside of which is a reddish purplish skinned tiefling gentleman who, polite but rather abrupt in his tone, informs them that Captain Zodge is not in the Sea Tower, is not in the headquarters this day. He has gone to fight the cultists across at the Basilisk Gate to the east of the city, and that if they need him, they should report to him straight away. The party consider their options and decide that this is indeed the only course of action they can take. They have been tasked with finding him, and find him they shall. As they begin moving out of the sea tower of the Bordron, down into the city, Reven is struck by this guilt, knowing that he has to speak to Nine Fingers Keen. You can't just leave an invitation like that hanging in the air. Sooner or later, she will get what she wants, and she will find you, and it may be in a manner uncomfortable, shall we say. With this information in mind, the team travel through the districts of the city, following around past Baldur's Mouth, the newspaper, and they can hear the shouts of the of the murder spree that's happening in the in the city, uh, and the the absence of of the Grand Duke Alder Raven Guard, and all this news, and there's hubbub, and there's traders, and people moving around, and they weave their way through the city, being led by Raven, a native of the city. And as they make their way towards the Elfsong Tavern, Reven decides that it is now the best time to speak to Nine Fingers Keen. Moving into the Elfsong Tavern, as they enter, the soft rhyme rings out. And fields green and still This land of long abiding joy Home of the strong and brave Renowned by all across the realms And never once a slave Sing a song of Elta Realm Furs are at her door The fields torn by gloom from some infernal shore Arise the mighty hell riders Take up your swift king swords And charge into the hellish fray And scatter devil hordes Oh sing a song of Eldorell When the night does fall Sleep safe beneath companions' light Until the dawn does glow We're bound by mortal covenant That holy ends with death And so sing a bell to rail Until our final breath Not as though it's been waiting for them, but convenient 
its sounding. Although the bar appears to be quite busy, it seems quite quiet as the moment after this poem rings out. But across the bar, Reven spots a very plain-looking lady. She wears brown cloak, nondescript boots, hair cut in nondescript way, and if it wasn't for the way the bodyguards stood either side monitoring the situation and her hand missing a finger holding up a glass to drink from. She could have been anybody, definitely nobody, but Reven knew better. And as Reven approached and the bodyguards stepped across, nine fingers waves them off. All right, my lovely. Nah, I need you to do me a favour. There's a sword in House Willin that I know you have been in because I know you've had a dalliance with the uh, lady of the house that I need you to collect for me, Reven. Now, it's not just for me, though. It is to be moved on, so you are not to fail, all right? Or I'll be paying Mummy's little establishment a visit. Do you understand? Reven understands perfectly. Begrudgingly, and knowing his place in the pecking order especially with the guild, he accepts. He's been given a ten-day to achieve the task, but there are more hurdles than he anticipates, and he knows this. With the exchange of nine fingers complete, Reven guides the group back onto the streets and heads up through the narrow alleys to the main roads as the party continue through the Eastway district and head northeast towards the Basilisk Gate. They hear a a strange sound, a, a female voice in, in distress and the, the, the clanging of metal on metal, but short and sharp and swift. Uh, the, the, the screaming is, or the cries for help, oh, relentless and, and tired and laboured. Uh, it catches the party's attention and as they move along, they can see along an alley, knelt down, hiding behind their shield, a female form. The party peering round and taking stock of the situation decide that what they can see is cultists attacking a, a lone individual and this individual needs their help fearlessly they decide to engage thank you for listening if you'd like to learn more about the show then go to www.snydersreturn.squarespace.com alternatively you can find us over on twitter at return we have a link tree link in the description of this episode. And if you want to support us, come and join us over on Patreon. And we also have a Discord server. Uh, please leave us a review because we'd love to learn how to improve the channel and provide better content out for, for those who are listening. Uh, until, we, uh, until we speak again, thank you. <laughs>